0: And welcome to another edition of the V-Auto podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. My guest for today's conversation is V-Auto founder, Dale Pollack. I asked Dale to join the podcast because he's been on the road this fall talking to dealers about a new way to manage their used vehicle inventories called variable management. I thought we'd use our time together here to get a better understanding of variable management and why Dale believes it's a superior way for dealers to get the most sales and profit from their used vehicle operations. Dale, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Lance. Good to be with you.
0: Indeed, indeed. Now, Dale, as many of our listeners know, uh, you've spent the better part of the past almost two decades advocating velocity management for dealers and today you're encouraging dealers to adopt variable management and i definitely want to talk about the nuts and bolts of variable management but i'd first like to understand why you think the time is now for dealers to move beyond velocity to variable management
1: well that's a good question you know velocity management was an approach to managing used vehicle operations that was essentially a one size fits all approach. Basically all dealers doing the same thing on all cars. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well for a very long time. But I began to notice some years ago that it was not working so well for some dealers. And in fact, for other dealers, it wasn't working at all. And, you know, that's not because the philosophy was flawed, but it's because the environment changed and, you know, the world is constantly changing. And as the world changes, we have to be prepared to change along with it, otherwise be left behind. So hence, I was able to recognize that it was time to do something different. I'm very proud of the fact that I garnered the support of Cox Automotive to allow me to take the company in a different direction. And that's what we've done. We've gone away from velocity management to variable management.
0: So Dale, what are the signs maybe that um, you're seeing that suggest velocity management isn't really working as well as it could for dealers who may still follow this turn them fast, singular strategy?
1: There are a number of signs, Lance, but I, I think one that is most prevalent is that dealers following velocity management for the most part are turning cars quickly but here's the problem that we've now come to recognize very very clearly and that is that the cars that they're turning very quickly are ones that they're probably selling too cheap and the ones that are not turning as quickly and in some cases not turning quickly at all are the ones that are most distressed so when i say most distressed i mean ones that they own for high money maybe too much money ones that have high market day supply and particularly low volume sales in the market so at a high level it looks as if dealers following velocity management are following the principles of turning inventory quickly But if you look and zoom in more closely, what you realize is that they're selling some cars too fast, too cheap, and other cars uh, that they should be selling faster are not turning very fast at all. So recognizing the problem that we now refer to as inversion, um, we decided that it would be wise to take a new approach.
0: So what is it about variable management, Dale, that allows a dealer to avoid that inversion
1: issue you just
0: described?
1: Well, you see, one of the principles of velocity management is that dealers should have an age policy, let's say mm-hmm. 60 days. Mm-hmm and they should turn those vehicles as quickly as possible within that window of time. And, and that seems pretty logical and pretty rational, but what we now recognize due to the benefit of better data science and, and better insights in, into vehicles is that it still makes sense to have an age policy but not necessarily the same age policy for all vehicles. So Mm. what variable management and the underlying technology that supports it has the ability to do is to recognize each vehicle in a dealer's inventory for its unique potential to create a return on investment. And it designates those vehicles based on their potential of making of return in in four categories it it references the ones that have the highest probability of achieving the highest return on investment is platinum and then the next tier we call those gold and then the following tier we call them silver and the ones in a dealer's inventory that produce are likely to produce the lowest and quite possibly negative roi we call those bronze vehicles so we give the dealer's inventory precious metal designation platinum, gold, silver, or bronze. Mm -hmm. And then what variable management technology has allowed us to do, and this is really critical, is today we have the ability to predict the probability of any vehicle selling at any price in the next seven days. And, And let me just repeat that because that needs to settle in. Today, we can predict with a very high degree of accuracy, the probability of any vehicle selling at any price in the next seven days. Now, we don't want every vehicle to sell in the next seven days. Mm -hmm. We'd be leaving a lot of gross behind. What we do want is we want vehicles to be selling in the optimal period of time. The optimal period of time, meaning the period of time that maximizes the return on investment. So the profit time system today has an algorithmic engine. That will produce recommended price ranges for every vehicle every day, according to their precious metal designation that if those recommendations are followed consistently. They'll produce outcomes that will look something like an average of 50 days to sell for platinum cars for the sake of much higher gross 40 Mm -hmm. days to sell for gold 30 for silver and 20 for those bronze vehicles. So those bronze vehicles, the ones that are really the ones in dealer's inventory that are distressed based on their characteristic of high market day supply, high cost of market and low retail volume, what variable management is gonna do, hence the name variable management, is it's gonna price those vehicles differently to turn more quickly. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, those platinum vehicles, the ones that dealers own for the best money, have the lowest market day supply and highest retail volume it's going to produce price recommendations for those vehicles to turn a little bit slower, not too much slower, but a little bit slower for the sake of much higher gross. So this is the way that the strategy and the technology allows dealers to optimize the return on investment for every vehicle by taking an approach that, yes, there will be there will be an age limit or a, a turn policy, but it's gonna be varied for each vehicle based on its unique potential.
0: So if, if I'm tracking with you, Dale, then the variable management, if I've got a really good car, a platinum car, as you described it, it's gonna encourage patience to not sell that car for anything less than all the money. And on the flip side, a bronze car, it's gonna perhaps tell me that I need to lower the price more than i really want to uh, i guess i'm curious what are you in, in terms of the patience and urgency issues that the platinum and gold and the pricing recommendations create how do those s- settle with dealers are, are they are they accepting them are they
1: questioning them what, what are you seeing it's a great question because anytime you ask For a change of behavior it it requires courage and discipline and and certainly when we ask dealers to address with a greater degree of urgency those vehicles that um are in distress because they own for a lot of money and they have high market day supply and low retail volume you know those are the vehicles that dealers quite frankly are reluctant to address as quickly as they should because it's painful yeah And, uh, and in human nature, generally speaking, wants to avoid behaviors that, that incur pain and loss. And, and to a certain extent that's understandable from a humanistic standpoint, but it's not good business because we all know that these vehicles that have those characteristics don't get better with time, particularly in this accelerated depreciating market, they get worse. So that the sooner we can address those vehicles, get them gone, the better. And on the other side of, of, of the spectrum, these Platinum and Gold cars, what we're encouraging to your point are price recommendations that will ask dealers to be a bit more patient in terms of how long they hold them. Not much more patient, but a little bit more patient, maybe another 10 to 15 days for the sake of higher gross. But of course, there's always that urgency in the dealerships to sell volume and where volume comes most easily are on these cars the ones that they own most right that are in high demand and short supply and very often what we now understand is that they're sold way too cheap way too cheap and and what we know about those vehicles is they're not very sensitive to to price they'll sell they'll sell quickly almost no matter what price you put on them and you know to to prove that point i'll challenge a dealer on a platinum or gold car, I say, put it on the internet and ask $1 million for it and watch how quickly it sells. Now it's obviously not gonna sell for a million dollars, but people are gonna blow up your phone and break your door down saying, you made a mistake. This is a joke. Let's get real, let's get serious. And generally speaking, when you start higher, you end up higher. But you see, these are behaviors that the the patients on your best cars, the ones that are easiest to sell quickly. And the urgency on the ones that are painful to sell quickly, you know, these are, these are behaviors that we're asking dealers uh, to exhibit that basically go against their human nature, but they are completely sound and rational for better business outcomes. So it does require courage and discipline.
0: I, I want to ask about the, the, the cheap selling cars for just a second deal. Do you have a sense of like how much money maybe on the platinum and gold cars dealers might be leaving on the table for the sake of turning turn volume?
1: Lance, it is a lot. It is a lot. If, if, if dealers follow the price recommendations that the system offers on these platinum and gold cars, it often encourages them to raise their price, their asking price, sometimes several thousand dollars. But, but generally, you know, around a thousand or more. and And it's so interesting because, you know, for years, I've tried to convince managers to reduce the prices on their cars, and they've argued with me. and 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 these days, I spend a considerable amount of my time trying to convince people to raise the price on on these platinum gold vehicles, and they still argue with me. and And I say to them, "Why wouldn't you want to raise your price? And what they often say to me, is well if i raise my price on these platinum gold cars i won't get any eyes uh, eyeballs i won't get any vdps and i say that's exactly what i'm trying to achieve is not to get a lot of vdps because the only way you get a lot of vdps is by lowering your price at the expense of your gross and as i said these platinum gold cars don't need to be sold on price and and by the way today thanks to the technology, we have a pretty good idea which cars these are and which ones are not. And by the way, we also know why certain cars are not sensitive to price. And and let me just take a moment and share that with you. Yeah, please. There are at least two reasons why some cars on dealers' lots are gonna sell quickly, almost no matter what price you put on them. The, The first reason is that the dealer owns them cheap, which means that every salesperson on the lot Can see the opportunity to make a good commissionable gross on that car. And all of us who have sold cars know this is true. We've all have walked customers to cars that they didn't come in for. Why? Because we saw the opportunity to make a good commissionable gross. So these vehicles that are platinum and gold by definitions are ones that dealers own with a low cost to market, which evidence a, an opportunity for good commissionable gross. But the other reason that some vehicles, these Platinum and Gold vehicles are going to sell quickly, no matter what price you put on them, is because they are ones that are high volume sellers in the market and they're in very short supply and you're lucky enough to have one on your lot. These are cars that it, your salespeople probably have a list of, of customers who have said, if a car like this one comes in call me right away Hmm. and and these therefore are ones that your salespeople want to sell they're ones that they probably already have customers waiting to buy those cars and again as i said when you have those conditions which are the conditions that make them platinum and gold they're going to sell quickly almost no matter what price you put on them but again dealers have to have the discipline to price those cars high and as, as you question, in, in many cases, several thousand dollars higher, and they got to be prepared sometimes to say no to what might look like a pretty decent offer, because if they do pass, you know, maybe an $1,800 offer on one of those cars, and they hold to their $4,000 price, they'll get it. Absolutely, they'll get it. So, you know, these are the insights that we have today to know which cars will bring the money, which ones won't, which ones the dealer should turn more quickly to salvage, uh, whatever ROI opportunity there may be, and which ones they, they should be more patient with.
0: I have a question, Dale, you've, you've just, and I certainly understand that the, the courage and discipline and the behavioral aspects here where you, you, you may be asking, or the, the system, the variable management may be recommending things that just seem counterintuitive to dealers, but how does the technology help dealers Know where they stand or where or what their managers are doing with respect to pricing cars according to investment values and the recommendations you've you've talked about.
1: This is one of the coolest things about the new software. And and I'll speak to it directly in just a moment, but but let me make this point that the new software that V Auto has created is called Profit Time. The profit time software is purpose-built to drive behaviors that are consistent with the variable management strategy. And, and I want to make the point that, that software is never the answer to, to better performance improvement. Uh, the only thing that's ever going to create sustainable performance improvement in a dealership is a good strategy that's well executed. So it's mm-hmm. it's a good strategy like variable management, and then it's people and it's process. Now, somewhere in there, software, like the profit time software and its underlying technology are necessary tools, but that's all they really are, they're tools. And, and But within that tool, that profit time software, we have something that we call the alignment report. The alignment report is, is strategically positioned on the homepage because what it reveals at a glance is the extent to which the person in the dealership responsible for making pricing decisions is following the guidance of the recommendations. And and I want to be very clear on this point. There are certain situations where it is justified for the pricing manager to reject the recommended price range for any given vehicle on a given day there are definitely some circumstances that justify them not accepting the recommendation but what the alignment section of the homepage does at a glance is it will reveal the percentage of times that the pricing manager has accepted versus rejected the price recommendations but but even more insightful lance is the information that the alignment section reveals when the decision maker does not accept the recommended price range more specifically when they reject the price the recommended price range or i should say a price within that range are they settling on a price below it or above it and this reveals a lot of built-in bias and beliefs that exists on the part of individuals pricing vehicles for example in the alignment section of the profit time tool we'll often see some pricing managers that reject a large portion maybe 75 percent of the recommendations Hmm. so when they do reject them um where are they settling and and in some cases you can say see very clearly that they're settling below the recommended range, almost across the board in each precious metal category. In other stores, you'll see when they reject a large portion of the recommendations, they end up on the high side. So in that first case, you can see the bias of that pricing manager pricing below the recommended range. That's, that's a manager who's really gunning for volume. And there's mm. nothing wrong with gunning for volume so long as you're not doing it at the expense of leaving a lot of gross on the table. And, and the second example I gave you where they may be rejecting a large percentage of the price recommendations and settling on a price well above the recommended range in each metal category, that's a dealership that shows a bias on the part of the pricing manager to get gross, a lot of gross, big gross. And again, there's nothing wrong with big gross so long as we're not doing it at the expense of of volume. So this tool, this alignment section of the Profit Time tool at a glance really reveals the 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 built-in bias that exists on the part of pricing managers but i want to tell you that the the next profile the third profile that the alignment section often reveals is perhaps the most common one and and this is the one that reveals the greatest opportunity and that is that we'll see in some stores where they're rejecting a large number of the recommended ranges on the platinum and gold cars they seem to be settling on a price below the range but on the silver and bronze cars that they reject a lot of the recommendations, they're settling on the high side. So what bias does that reveal on the part of the pricing manager? Well, at a glance, you can see what's happening. They're trying to avoid the pain of of facing reality on these silver and bronze cars by pricing them right. So they price them over the range. But then they have a problem because they have a significant percentage of their inventory these silver and bronze cards that are priced not to move and they got pressure to do volume so where do they go to get volume well they go where it's easy they go on these platinum gold cars and and they price them below the recommended range but in essence what they're doing is they're cheap selling their best cars and they're aging the cars that really ought to be sold sooner rather than later so you ask the question you know how do users of the system you know, see the opportunities. This alignment section is one of the most insightful, powerful management tools that I've ever developed or ever even seen developed in the industry for helping managers identify the inherent built-in beliefs and biases of the people who are tasked with this important job of pricing vehicles. And when you see those uh, beliefs and biases exhibited in the extent to which they accept or reject the price recommendations and where they ultimately land, you can see tremendous opportunities for, for improvement.
0: I have to ask, Dale, you, you described, you know, I guess, sort of the bad behaviors that might manifest um, in, in the alignment report, but
1: what what's doing it right look like? Sure. The dealers who are doing it right are accepting the vast majority Of the price recommendations. And I would characterize that as perhaps 70% or more on any given day. And when they do that, what happens is they get outcomes that are completely rational. That will evidence outcomes where they're pricing their platinum cars the highest, followed by gold, followed by silver. And then their bronze vehicles are the ones that they're pricing most competitively. And corresponding to that pricing profile, they're days to sell. They're being a little bit more patient. They'll turn their, their best cars, their platinum cars, perhaps in an average of 50 days, followed by their gold cars turning an average of 40, silver turning an average of 30, and bronze in 20 days. So you see what following the price recommendations will produce, through those pricing profiles or outcomes that optimize the dealer's return on these vehicle investments hanging on to their best cars just a little bit longer for the sake of much higher gross and getting their more distressed inventory these silver and bronze cars out faster to salvage whatever opportunity there may be in them
0: thank you dale that that helps me sort of understand uh how it how it all should look Um, I'm curious we're, we're talking here a little bit before Thanksgiving in 2022. Um, and I can't leave this conversation without asking you a little bit about what you what you view the market will be like in 2023. And I guess I'm also now curious how will um, variable management help dealers drive better outcomes in the market we may see?
1: We are expecting 2023 to be a more challenging year for a lot of reasons. Right now, we're in a high interest rate environment. We are uh, facing the possibility of a recession early next year. Uh, We're seeing the reappearance of new vehicle inventory, which Mm -hmm. is going to take some of the steam off of late model used vehicle sales. Uh, we're likely going to encounter a tax refund season in 2023 that is going to produce smaller returns. So, for a lot of reasons, we believe that 2023, particularly the first half, is, is likely going to be a bit tougher than 2022. Um, but one of the very powerful aspects of the new Profit Time GPS software is there's a whole nother side of the software that addresses what we consider to be perhaps the greatest challenge that dealers are going to face in the coming year and in, in years to come. You see, V-Auto in the past has been a very powerful strategy and technology system to help dealers sell vehicles. And, and to be sure, the profit time GPS using the variable management strategy uh, takes takes it to a whole nother level helping dealers sell more vehicles more volume more profitably but now there's a whole nother side to the auto that really never existed much if at all before and that is a whole side of used vehicle inventory management for the purpose of acquiring cars we believe that the acquisition of vehicles is likely to be a greater challenge for dealers in the coming years than actually selling the vehicles why because if you think about all the vehicles, all the new vehicles that were not built over the past two years and largely are still not being built in any great quantity to this very day. Think about all those vehicles that weren't built that otherwise, if they had been built, would have been put into short-term leases, coming back into the market in in years to come. All those vehicles that had they been built would have been put into rental car fleet service, used and then turned back into the wholesale market. Uh, Those vehicles are non-existent. So, so that pipeline of vehicles that otherwise would have been headed into the wholesale market for dealer acquisition in the years to come is empty. And it cannot materialize overnight. It's gonna take years for it to reconstitute. So what we're gonna experience in the industry for years to come is a significant shortage of late model um, used vehicles. They're, they're, they just weren't built and they're not, going to be returning to the wholesale market. And and these are the very vehicles that franchise dealers particularly have feasted on. These are the vehicles that typically represented the highest percentage of their volume. These are the vehicles that typically were the ones that were certifiable and produced greater back end profits. And and they're not going to be there or to the extent that they are there. They're going to be high milers and they're going to be very expensive. So what we know is that dealers are going to have to learn to source vehicles from non-traditional channels, traditional channels primarily being trade-ins and auctions. Mm -hmm. But but there are other uh, what we refer to as non-traditional channels that represent necessary channels of acquisition because there's simply not going to be enough trade-ins not going to be enough good used cars at auction for the right price dealers are going to have to get uh, skilled and disciplined about buying cars uh, from people off the street using products like kelly ico or others they're going to have to learn how to effectively acquire vehicles uh, from customers in their service department and acquire these vehicles for the right money so presently dealers are ill-equipped to have these non-traditional channels managed with metrics of of measurement. And without metrics of measurement, you can't manage. So there's a whole new side of profit time GPS that is dedicated to the acquisition side of the business, helping dealers identify new channels of, of acquisition, helping them create visibility and accountability such that they can measure performance for the purpose of improvement. And I believe that a, a dealership's ability to acquire vehicles and acquire them in the right quantity and for the right money uh, for the next several years is going to be one of the key uh, distinctions between uh, you know, the, the most successful dealers and, and the rest of the pack.
0: I'm curious about one point that you made there, Dale, uh, as it relates to metrics. So if, if I'm a dealer then, would I be able to s- – Essentially see you earlier you talked about platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Would I be able to sort of understand at the moment of acquisition then what I got in front of me in terms of those precious metals?
1: At a glance, at a glance, the appraisal tool within the new profit time GPS also takes the the, the appraisal process to a whole new level. And I, I think it's fair to say that every good car person understands that the best way to know how to get in a car is to first know how to get out of the car get out of, Yep. and yep. today with the with the probabilistic pricing engine that produces these recommended ranges we know better today than we've ever been able to know in the past what it's going to take to get out of the car so what the profit time GPS appraisal portion of the system is going to do is it's going to show the appraiser at the moment they're making that critical decision of how much money to put in the vehicle, it's going to show them what it's going to take to get out of the vehicle. And then it's going to direct them, or I should say, give them a price recommendation or an appraisal recommendation range to get in that vehicle in a manner to meet the dealership's profit objective. Now I want to be clear what the system doesn't ever do is to tell an appraiser how much money to put in a vehicle. I think that's a decision that has to be made by the appraiser at the moment of appraisal, given the situation and the circumstances. But that said, I think it's terribly important for that appraiser to make whatever decision they're gonna make with their eyes wide open. Meaning with the information in front of them to know that if they put the money, that they feel they should put the money on the vehicle you know, what it's going to mean for them in terms of an exit strategy. Um, So make whatever decision you feel is proper. But what I say is let's do it with your eyes wide open and fully informed. And that's one of the really big strengths of the profit time GPS appraisal system.
0: Excellent. Thank you for drilling into that, Dale. What, one, one final question. Um, I understand you're going to be speaking at NADA at a workshop as well as the uh, Cox Automotive Power-Up stage in the Cox Automotive booth. Um, what's your message going to be there?
1: At the convention itself, as a convention speaker, uh, I'm going to be speaking to the principles of the very variable management strategy. And on the power up stage within the Cox Automotive booth, I'm going to be having that discussion more at a granular, more at a practical level uh, that really addresses sort of the mechanics of of the execution of the variable management strategy.
0: Very good. Dale. We'll look forward to seeing that happen in Dallas. Thank you very much, Dale, for joining the podcast today. I appreciate the insight. And I feel like I've learned a bit more about variable management, which was our goal.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Lance. And folks, thank you for listening
0: to the V-Auto podcast. Until next time, I'm Lance Helgeson. Stay well.